Welcome to Lobby Talk, a podcast from the Cumberland County Playhouse. One of the best places to hear Playhouse gossip is in the lobby, and now we're bringing the lobby to you. You'll hear backstage stories from our company, learn about upcoming events, and what goes into putting shows onto our stage. So with no further ado, let's all go to the lobby. This is Brett Hancock, CCP's Artistic Director, and welcome to today's edition of Lobby Talk. I'm here today with Playhouse favorite and longtime resident company member, Michael Ruff. How are you, Michael? I'm good. How are you? Great. It's so good to finally have you back with us at the Playhouse this season. Yes. (laughs) Michael and I are are both in rehearsal for our upcoming adventure theater show, Alabama Story, which opens October 9th, and we'll uh, talk a little bit about that later. So, Michael, our audiences have seen you on stage for many years in such amazing roles. Um, But I want our listeners to get a glimpse of who you were as a child. What was little Michael like and sort of what got you involved in theater? Um, Well, uh, born March 19, 1981 in the small town of Spiro, Oklahoma. Grew up in church. Um, I was a very precocious child, which means I was running around and always getting into trouble. (laughs) Uh, My mom said I could never sit still. so. And that's probably true right now because I'm swaying back and forth in this chair. (laughs) So I understand that. But no. um, So your dad was a pastor? Yes. Uh, He also was in the military, Air National Guard. Mm -hmm. So he did. He was pastor on Sunday. Pastor Ruff. And he's still pastor Ruff. So he's rehearsing his sermons and you're running around, you know, playing superheroes and things like that. (laughs) Yes. And my mom was trying to keep me quiet and spanking me. It was was a sight to see, I'm sure. (laughs) Were you that type of child that that craved an audience? Um, I don't. Or were you shy? I don't think I was shy. I, I don't necessarily think I was shy, but I did love being the center of attention. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think I did. I think me seeing my dad up there doing the sermon was kind of me emulating him a little bit. Right. You know? Right. And so with the attention on him, I wanted some attention on me too. Yeah. <laughs> so you grew. It, it was a small town. Very said. small town. Three. We had literally. I think our main street is like three blocks. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had like my class. I graduated in '99 with a class of 113. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, mine was 220. I thought that was small. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, 113 was big. <laughs> it was a big class. So, um, did you have any exposure to theater? Um, I did not. I did not. Uh, started off mainly singing in church. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of how that started. And then, kind of in high school, I kind of that's where the theater aspect began to to bring itself to life because. Uh, my sophomore year, I was dared in choir class to try out for the cheerleading squad, and I tried out and I made it, uh-huh. and, and that's kind of where the performing on in front of people began. Yeah, in front of that crowd, yeah. getting that response. Yeah, because our football team was good. Yeah. So. <laughs> did you have any cheerleading experience before that? No, absolutely not. <laughs> None. Just did it on a whim and a dare. Yeah. So were you in choir in church as well? Yes. Or sang solos and yes. things like that? Yeah. So really kind of music was your introduction into into performing as well as the cheerleading. Oh, absolutely. That was kind of where I was headed when I first got out of high school and going into college was to do music education. Okay. So where did you go to college? Uh, I started off at Carl Albert State Junior College mm-hmm. uh, and got, my, got the basics out the way for the two years. And that's kind of where I started doing plays because I did my first play there, which was Brigadoon. Oh, okay. 
Who did you play? Harry Beaton. Hey. <laughs> well, we did Brigadoon at the Playhouse. Michael played Harry Beaton. Yeah. <laughs> Auditioning for shows in college. Did you, was it part of the music education program or was just something you thought, oh, I'm, I might be good at this. I'm going to give it a shot. I just thought on a whim, just basically wanting to do something more. Because um, the music education part, we had a show choir. Uh-huh. And so they opened up everybody in the show choir. You can audition for the play and the musical that they did that year. And so I just went and sang a little song, and they put me in the show. Ah. So then from the junior college... You... Junior college, um, after my sophomore year there, I was really not happy in music education. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't something that was driving me. And so I had heard about Southeast, Southeastern Oklahoma State University. They were giving away scholarships for their musical theater program. Uh, when we got there that uh, August... Uh, they put us all in a room and they said, you know, we want you to do your package. And so I got to sit there and have to audition in front of all of the other theater majors yes. at that time. <laughs> uh, I sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow with my eyes closed. I was so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but they wound up casting me in their Christmas show, which was 1940s Radio Hour. Mm-hmm. And I uh, played the character Neil Tilden. And once I got into rehearsals for that show and, you know, learning through classes, acting and musical theater, what was actually about to happen when I did that show, that was the spark. Yeah. That was when, you know, when I heard the audience laughing at the lines and the things I were doing, I was doing that just made it. I was just like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I started off, you know, behind behind the, the, the curve, shall you say. Yeah. I didn't really know a lot about musical theater. That was something you could actually do for a living. Mm hmm. So you became a musical theater major after that? After that, yeah. And now your college also had a, a, a Shakespeare festival that's attached to it as well, yes. right? Yes. The, is it Oklahoma Shakespeare Festival? Mm, Oklahoma Shakespearean Festival. Shakespearean Festival. Mm-hmm. And so you were able to be a part of that throughout college as well? Yes. That was when I got my first professional credits was with the Oklahoma Shakespearean Festival that very next summer. Oh, right. So you're, okay, here's this kid who sang in church and, you know, loves to sing. You know, you have a great voice. Then all of a sudden you're learning musical theater and Shakespeare at the same time, which is awesome. That's a fantastic way to learn. Oh, yeah. It was like a deep dive into theater. Absolutely. Yeah. Crash course, yes. you know, yes. trial by fire. <laughs> so what shows did you do in the Shakespearean Festival? Um, I did Much Ado About Nothing, uh, Titus Andronicus, um, A Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, As You Like It, and Comedy of Errors. Oh, wow. So you had, was uh, Shakespeare part of, of the show schedule within the school year, or was it just in the summer? Just in the summer. So you would do musicals in, during the school year and then Shakespeare in the summer. In summer. That's mm-hmm. great. When we also we did uh we would do one big musical with in the Shakespearean Festival as well. Okay. So we did um I did Hello Dolly, Annie Get Your Gun. Um, yeah, I was kind of the same way at Ole Miss. Um, we did a lot of we did a lot of plays, but we also did a, a lot of musicals as well. Um, some Shakespeare here and there, but I did Virginia Shakespeare Festival. So it's kind of the the same thing, which I learned a, a a great deal at. I was an intern there one summer in college and just learned so much just being immersed in that world. So you graduate college and graduate you think, college and I'm, I'm going to make a career out of this. Oh, actually, I took a year off. Uh-huh. I took a year off because I didn't really know what I didn't think I was ready. And so I wound up working at Chili's uh-huh. um, being a, a bartender and a waiter there. And I said, I'm just going to go try my hand at this audition thing. And I signed up for Uptas that year. and. I will never forget being in the parking garage of the hotel and my mom calls me on the phone 
and she just asked me if I was all right. And I just bust out crying because I was like so nervous about- Before you auditioned? Yeah, before, like the night before my audition at 9 a.m. the next morning. I was so nervous. So for those of you that don't know what UPTAs is, it's the United Professional Theater Auditions, and it's an annual conference in Memphis every February. And it's hundreds of, of actors that are auditioning for a variety of different companies from around the country. So it's what we call in the, the business of cattle call audition oh, yeah. because you're herded in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. you're in, in groups of 25 and you have a minute and a half to show what you can do. And then you're uh, called back after that um, for the various different companies. So the night before you yes. said you were a nervous wreck, nervous wreck, <laughs> crying on the phone to my mom. And she was like, you know, she, she gave me good advice. She said, you just go in there and do the best that you can do. And mm-hmm. you just got to let the chips fall where they fall. Got up there the next morning, gave my little, gave my audition and went and just was waiting. And when I saw how many callbacks I got, I was just blown away. Just, just, that was the first time that I was like, this can be something that I could really do. You know, I think I was so nervous because it was the first time that you're putting yourself out there like that. You know, like in, in, you know, it doesn't get any easier. The older you get and you stay in the business, you know, hire me. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of that thing you, but. Well, a lot of times too, I mean, when you graduate college, uh, you know, a lot of times you're the, the big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. and then you realize, okay, I'm auditioning with all these other people that were the big fish in the small pond at their college. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> so you got a lot of callbacks. Mm-hmm. Did you accept any work from any of those? Not that first year. Um, just because I was, I was still unsure. Sure. Um, I did meet with a very interesting fellow at that first audition by the name of Jim Crabtree. (laughs) Uh, I remember talking to him about his theater, Cumberland County Playhouse Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, and he was, he seemed interested in, in getting to know who I was at that point, but I just wasn't ready to go. Right. So I stayed at Chili's for another year Mm -hmm. and I went back, I decided again that I was going to go one more time. Uh, they had talked to me about getting into their training and management program. And so I was like, I'm going to give theater one more go. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, I, if I get some contracts, I'll take them this time and, and I'll see. So I went back that second year, uh, got some contracts, got two contracts that uh, took up the whole year. Um, one was theater four. Um, and then the other one was this theater in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Now, Theater 4 is a, a children's theater company based out of Richmond, Virginia. Yes. That was one of my first jobs right outside of college, too. <laughs> Santa's Christmas Miracle was oh, the yes. show that I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one, that was interesting because it was the first time I had done children's theater in yeah. that format. Yeah. And I did the true story of Pocahontas where I played the narrator and I had my shirt off. So can you imagine walking into a little cafeteria <laughs> with all kids screaming at you because you have your shirt off? Uh, that was, it was... Scary, to say the least. Um, but I did that, and that was a lot of fun. And then I, that was another audition cycle that came that year mm-hmm. when I went to Uptas. I literally did a show in Richmond, Virginia at one school and then drove all through the night uh-huh. to get to Memphis right. to audition the next day. Um, met with Jim Crabtree again, and the rest we can say is history. Yeah. So, um, I've talked about this in a lot of other podcasts, you know, Jim sometimes is infamous for his, um, auditions, you know, and, and, you know, he, he likes to see if you're directable, he likes to see what he can get out of you. So what was your experience with Jim like in the hotel room in Memphis? (laughs) Jim, uh, well, Jim basically made me sing everything in my book. Uh, not once, but maybe twice. (laughs) Um, my monologue, I think he told me to imagine myself being an elephant (laughs) swimming through water. Um, (laughs) 
But hey, it worked. It worked. It worked. Third time's your, a charm. What was your audition song at the time? Do you remember? Uh, my audition song at the time was the quintessential song that everybody sang, which was Lost in the Wilderness yes. for Children of Eden. And they still sing it at Upton. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. It's yes. a great song. But you know, it's like, if you don't have that high note, don't sing that song. <laughs> and that, that was my song at the time. And yeah. I think I did a monologue from uh, Neil LeBute's The Shape of Things. Oh, great. Yeah. So you've been at the Playhouse now since 2008, mm-hmm. and you've played such amazing roles as Donkey and Shrek, Sebastian in Little Mermaid, Tom Robinson in To Kill a Mockingbird, Hoke in Driving Miss Daisy, mm-hmm. Froggy in The Foreigner, Lenny in Duck Hunter Shoots Angel, and the list goes on and on. <laughs> also, uh, part of the amazing ensemble cast of Five Gaps Nemo and Crowns and It Ain't Nothing But the Blues. Yes. So what was the, what were you hired in initially for at the playoffs? Um, initially, I came in for the, the five shows, which was Beauty and the Beast, South Pacific, Pirates of Penzance, Crowns, and White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's where we first met was mm-hmm. White Christmas. So what, what are your, some, some of your favorites over the years that you've done? I know that you've, you've run the gamut of lots of different types <laughs> of roles. I, can't, I, wanna, I guess it'd be my top three. And donkey, because I just feel like somebody followed me in my high school and college years and like wrote a story about me. Cause like donkey was just me, like always wanting to be somebody's friend, always looking for friends mm-hmm. um, and having that great sense of humor too. Yes. And just being, you know, a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sebastian, of course, everybody loves Sebastian. Yeah. You know, that was a highlight. Um, it was the first movie I got. I remember getting to go see because I got good grades mm-hmm. in school. It was your reward. With my reward. And, and Hoken Driving Miss Daisy, just because uh, when we did that production, my grandpa had just passed away. Mm-hmm. And so it was my way of being able to kind of honor him and play that character. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we, I had a blast with you in Shrek. <laughs> and, you know, we've got lots of, of stories, uh, you know, about Shrek. Um, so tell, let's, let's talk about a couple of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this the other day in rehearsal. <laughs> tell them about the bat. Okay, <laughs> so... Just you have to imagine this. I have donkey hooves on, so I have no hands. <laughs> and I was on one of my little breaks from the show. I was in the dressing room, um, cooling off with my fan. And out of the corner of my eye, I see something fly in the dressing room. And I lift up my hoof, and it's literally a bat. I have knocked a bat down. It is under my chair. So I'm trying not to disrupt the show. And so I run out silent screaming of the dressing <laughs> the room. The show's going on. The show was going on. And I'm waving my hands, my donkey hooves around, and everybody is laughing at me backstage because I can't scream. <laughs> and then they're like, and uh, Daniel Black, who was playing Lord Farquaad at the time, was in the dressing room like, what is wrong with you? There's nothing wrong. And then he saw the bat mm. under my chair. <laughs> yeah. How did it get out? I think one of the stagehands came back with a, with a towel and wrapped it up and yeah. set it free outside. And honestly, I knew nothing about this. I think I was on stage because I really <laughs> didn't know anything about that at all. Yeah. But I remember us. So there was a section of the show that we're, we're traveling, Donkey and Shrek. And uh, we had this big bridge that we had to go on. Now, Michael was terrified of the bridge, <laughs> I think just in general. Yes. <laughs> but he also had the hooves on. Yes. So he couldn't climb it very well. So we had to get on top of the bridge. And then when we got on top of the bridge, it would start rotating by four guys down below. And so Michael was terrified. So I think, I don't know if you would close your eyes or not, but Michael never knew which way we were facing. 
speaking at all. No. So we would stop moving and it's time for us to speak. And Michael was always facing facing upstage. So I'd have to gently turn him around to face the audience so that we could continue with the scene. But it cracked me up every time. Because I was terrified. You were terrified. And by that point, I was so sweaty from all the, the, the fat suit and the green makeup and all that, that I had a film over my contact so I could barely see. And you were terrified with these hooks. So we were a pair. That's for sure. Yes. But we had a great time. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So along with the the roles that you've done, you also have been a teacher in the education program mm-hmm. and you were instrumental in starting the hip hop program oh, at yes. the Playhouse as well. So talk a little bit about that. Um, well, Nicole Begay, who was here at the time over the education department, she was wanting to bring a hip hop program in. And so uh, she asked me if I'd be willing to do it. So we literally started on Mondays and I did two classes and mm-hmm. we just kind of packed, you know, we split the two age groups up and the middle school and the high school kids were in one class. And then the babies uh, to the to the big babies were in the first class. So we did that on Monday and it went off so well that in the next uh, season with the Playhouse and the Education Department, we put the classes in. And so we've had we had hip hop one and two. And then it turned into one, two, and three. Yeah. And now it's one of the most popular classes mm-hmm. that we have, which yeah. is great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Alabama Story. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a terrific new play. It's, it's a Playhouse debut, um, which we're very proud to be able to do it this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a little synopsis of the play and about who you play in it. Um, this show is about relationships. Um, and it's about books. Uh, and it's about heart. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of heart in this play. Um, it, it's basically dealing with a children's book that was the subject of con- controversy in Alabama in 1959. And a librarian is fighting the state Alabama legislature over this book. Um, the character I play, uh, his name is Joshua Moore, is kind of representative of this children's book. It's called The Rabbit's Wedding. and uh, it's the story of a black rabbit and a white rabbit living in a huge forest. And basically, they fall in love, get married, and live happily ever after in the forest. But during that time, segregation was a big issue. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to pull the book from the shelves in all the libraries in Alabama because they didn't want to promote segregation at that time. So the librarian bravely fought the legislature to keep that book in for the children. Mm-hmm. And um, Joshua and Lily's story is kind of wrapped up in that as well, and you'll learn a little bit more about. It. Yeah, you know. So Joshua uh, um, and Lily are were childhood friends. Yes, and they haven't seen each other in 30, 20, 20 years. Twenty years. So they, by happenstance, have met each other again in Montgomery, and their story sort of blossoms from there. Yes. Um, without giving too much away, mm-hmm. um, but but book your tickets now to see Alabama Story. It's it's going to be a fantastic show. We only have twelve performances, so so book early. Also with the social distancing restrictions. Um, all right, Michael. So we're going to play a round that we like to call our quick fire question. Uh oh. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you some questions, and you just answer as truthfully as you can. Just whatever comes first to your head. Okay. Don't start out easy. What's your favorite color? Blue. <laughs> uh, favorite holiday? Christmas. What's the first musical you ever saw? Ooh. <laughs> oh, the first musical I ever saw? Grease. Like a high school production? A high school or? production, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what's your favorite TV show or genre of TV? 
Oh, Grey's Anatomy. You love it. <laughs> I love it. Hands down, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. I'm with you. I love any medical show. The okay. Resident, all of Code that. Black, all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. Oh. Or like your go-to if you're like, okay. The Patriot by Mel, with Mel Gibson. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Favorite musical? Favorite musical. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Miss Saigon. Really? Mm-hmm. I love the music to Miss Saigon. Yes, it's just a, it's an epic story, yep. and I love it, and it just draws me in every time I yep. listen to it. Yep. Um, okay, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, oh, that's a good one because there's so many good ones. Oh, I would have to be the ability to read minds. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking right? Yeah, now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite superhero? Um, Superman. You're big into comics Comic and books. superheroes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, are you a dog or a cat person? Oh, uh, mm, neither. <laughs> uh, I, you know, like a, a, I want a hairless cat and a oh. small dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, there you that, go. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's your ideal. Yeah. Uh, what can we find you doing when you're not at the playhouse? Um, when I'm not at the playhouse, I'm usually at home playing NBA 2K on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, I was going to ask you next. What's your favorite video game? <laughs> there we go. All right, favorite sports team. I know you're big into football. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Good game the other day. Yes, we won. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite go-to meal from a local restaurant? Oh, favorite go-to meal from a local anything um, Chinese mm-hmm. sushi, pad thai, anything Oriental. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Favorite reality TV star. Nene Lee. No, I knew you were <laughs> You know that's my girl. That's my girl. She ain't gonna be on Housewives this next season. Shout out to Nene Leaks, Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> you got a fan. Hit up Michael Rupp. If you had a yacht, what would you name it? Ooh, if I had a yacht, please, Lord, let let's speak this into the fruition. <laughs> um, I would probably name it. Uh, I don't know. I think I would probably name it the the Willie Thomas. Now, where does that come from? My grandpa's name that's is William Thomas. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Favorite pre-show ritual, or what is your pre-show ritual? Well, my pre-show ritual is make sure I have me a fresh and tasty Sprite <laughs> ready to go because that's what real Sprite's fresh good for the voice. Yes, and you eat some Lay's chips too. Get mm-hmm. some oil there. Yeah. You like your headphones too? Yes, I like to have my music. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people like to do that. Does it vary from show to show what you're listening to to kind of get you pumped up? Yeah, it depends on the role uh, yeah. and what 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 the shows what I'm going to have to emotionally invest in the show. Right. Um. You know, sometimes you want some heavy metal music if you're going to be going into a scene where you have to be mad or angry, and mm-hmm. then sometimes you want something funny or something comical. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's one role that you could do over and over? Or if somebody said, okay. You can only play one role for the rest of your life. What would it be? Oh, Sebastian, hands down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you could give advice to your younger self or to a young person who's interested in getting into the theater business, what would you tell them? First, I would say make sure you listen to your teachers Um, and make sure you you really study hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Because coming from my background of being very, very, very green when when I started, you know, I was very intimidated by theater mm-hmm. and what all that it encompassed but instead of just letting it get the best of me i just dove right in so you know if you don't know something just keep learn all you can about it just become a sponge and absorb as much as you can 
That's great. Ask questions. Yeah, yeah. No, no question is a dumb question. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Michael. This has been great. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> you can see Michael as Joshua Moore in the upcoming Alabama story, opening on October 9th and running through November 12th in the Adventure Theater. Reserve your tickets early as seating is very limited due to social distancing restrictions. Again, this is Brett Hancock, CCP's Artistic Director. Remember to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening. You've been listening to Lobby Talk, a presentation of the Cumberland County Playhouse. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CC Playhouse. And you can purchase tickets online at ccplayhouse.com or by calling our box office at 931-484-5000. Also, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Podcast hosting is by Buzzsprout. Theme music and production by Ron Murphy. Executive produced by Brett Hancock and Bryce McDonald. Thank you for listening.